How can you stand out? What can I do to stand out in the sea of the internet and all the other people that are doing things that are similar to your business? You have to be you and you have to infuse your personality. If you're a marathon runner, talk about that. If you are someone that enjoys cooking and grilling on the weekends, talk about that. Infuse your personality into your business and into your content in a way that does help you stand out from all the other people that are doing the same thing. Welcome back to the Honest Marketing Podcast, where you learn proven strategies to grow your business without selling your soul. I'm your host, Travis Albritton, and in this episode, I got to have my good friend, Crystal Prophet, on the show to talk all things content marketing. Content is a big piece of the internet nowadays. You search for something on Google, you want to find some information, you want to find some answers, you want to see a video on YouTube. And so we're going to talk about how to position your business as the guide that's going to help your customers, your prospects, your clients as they're going through this journey of discovering more about you, what you do, but more specifically, the problems that you solve and the way that you can help them make their lives better. So make sure you stick around to the very end where I give you my number one takeaway from my conversation with Crystal. But here it is. Let's dive in. Crystal, you and I have known each other for several years, which feels like an eternity in the world of the internet. Uh, And it's been really cool for the two of us to kind of intermingle our own entrepreneurial journeys and interact at different points in time. But I'd love for you to just kind of share how you got started in online entrepreneurship and kind of what you do and what, what your focus is. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show. This is really fun. And talk about a full circle moment, you know, of how our journeys have intertwined. And we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, to answer your question, I was, and I always wonder, like, how far back do people really want me to go? Do you want to go back to the genesis of everything or my aha moment, all the things? But I know the one that makes, like, the most sense to a lot of probably your listeners is, I went to school for marketing. I got a corporate job. And then I was like, you know what? I think I want to stay at home with my kids for a few years. And so I went that route and I got into this point where you're not supposed to admit, especially as a mom, that you feel a little restless and you want to do something for yourself. And you're like, do I go back to work? Do I stay at home with my kids? And I ended up kind of toying with a few different ideas and I started blogging unsuccessfully. Like, let's, can we throw that out there? It was very (laughs) unsuccessful blog for a few years, probably about a year and a half. And then I was like, okay, this isn't working. But my blogging mentor started a podcast, Enter Travis, because he was the one that helped me like kind of navigate those worlds of podcasting in my early days. And then from there, I had started a podcast about women entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurship and what that meant. And the whole time I was podcasting, people were asking me questions. They were like, well, how did you start your podcast? And how does this work on the back end? And I was like, guys, that's like, that's separate. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build my empire, you know, as a woman entrepreneur, but that's not what people wanted from me. They wanted me to explain something to them that sounded really complicated and make it very simple. And so that's the route that I went. And it's kind of morphed from podcasting into content strategy and content marketing. And that's really what I love to talk about today. Um, And especially helping online business owners with how they can make better funnels using content marketing and how it can actually be easier on them if they invest in that from the get-go instead of saying, oh, you know, that's just, that's secondary. That's not the most important thing in my business. But if you actually put it at the foundation of your business, it can actually really pay off in the long game. So I hope that answers your question, but let me know. It (laughs) does. It does. Well, and and I think everyone listening can totally relate to the feeling of Okay, I have in my mind like this is my this is my thing. This is my yeah. lane. And it's like, why are you guys trying to distract me from from the thing that I know I'm supposed to be doing? Yes. And then eventually you're like, wait, <laughs> maybe I should just do the thing everyone's asking me about. Like maybe yeah. that's maybe that's actually the pivot that I need to make. Uh yeah. and so that's good. That's good that you listen to that inner voice. Uh because who knows where you would have been otherwise. Well, 
I, I think it's like one of those things where you meet somebody and they're like, I have a five-year life plan and I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to get a promotion. I'm going to do all these things. And life just kind of comes in and it's like, no, no, that's actually not how it's going to go down. It's going to go and you're going to move seven times before you finally settle down and you're going to have this happen and this happen. So I think that kind of going along with that ebb and flow of the journey is it's just part of the process. Yes. Business plans are not what they used to be. That's for sure. It's more like, (laughs) here's how I'm currently making money. Here's how I want to make more money. Yes. And and if it doesn't work, then I'm going to try this instead. It's like, all right, that's that's someone with their feet on the ground. Uh, So in addition to teaching content strategy and working with business owners on that, you've really built your own online business on top of content. So when you were first kind of getting started and doing podcasting and, you know, the blog experiments and other things... Why was it so important for content to be a foundational pillar of the business you were building? Like, what was the value in it for you? Because especially early on, it's you're building momentum. And so you can put a lot of stuff out there, not get a ton of feedback, get discouraged and be like, well, I guess this doesn't work. But you stuck with it to see the results. So talk to me about that. Like, why did you stick with content marketing and, and how has it helped you grow the business to where it is now? Yeah. Okay. So we're we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back to 2006. Crystal was this little bitty marketing baby in college that's in a consumer behavior class, and I'm sitting there and I could see the writing on the wall for what the teacher was talking about. You know, the professor is up on stage and you know at the t- at the front of the room and they're just lecturing to us about everything is about where you place something in the store. This is what they were talking about. They were giving an example of Target. It's like Target has product placement and you have to pay more money to have your product, you know, at eye level for your customers. And you don't want it down at the bottom with the generic Cheerios. You want to be right, like front and center with like the stuff that's a name brand, like high quality, because you can charge the higher prices. You can do this and that. And I remember thinking about that as I was starting my content business and thinking, what are consumers doing today? They're not going to the store and doing all this. Even I knew this back in 2017, what were people doing? They were Googling everything. They, I mean, Google is a verb now. Like It's not just something that is like, oh, we don't really know what that is. Like Google's been around long enough to where we've created a verb for it. It is an action that we do. And so one of the foundational things that I knew I wanted for my business was if somebody had a question about what I was teaching, what I was talking about, I wanted them to Google and I wanted my thing to pop up. I wanted it to be the very first thing. If it's not the very first thing, I want it to be on the very first page of Google as an option. And to be honest, I didn't want to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for Instagram or Facebook or YouTube ads that I don't really know if they would work. I don't know if I'm competing with other companies that have, you know, a hundred thousand dollar campaign spend where I'm like, oh, I can't invest that much right now. I can't even invest a few thousand dollars. I'm like looking at the hundreds when I'm first getting started. And so I knew that I wanted content strategy and content marketing to be a foundation that I could build upon with my business, with those paid ads, with other types of, you know, marketing and advertising opportunities. But at the end of the day, I'm going after that consumer that is just trying to solve their problems. They just want an answer. And I wanted to be the solution. I wanted my podcast. I wanted my YouTube channel, my blog, all of these things to be something that they could say, oh, this person might be able to help me. And then once they get into the funnel, they just keep asking that question like, well, what else does she have? What else can she offer? So that's really the foundation principles there. Yeah. And I love that you touched on the Google aspect of human behavior, because it wasn't that long ago that like, if you had a question, you're like, oh, I wonder who's playing football tonight. Yeah. You would just like not know the answer. It's like, yeah. well, I guess I'll find out at 730 on ABC. Like yeah. that's, that's the only way yeah. you knew the answer yeah. uh, because there was no repository of information. You either had to go and hope it was in your Encyclopedia Britannica CD-ROM set. Yeah. And you could like find <laughs> like the little short couple paragraphs on it or, yeah. or go to the library or ask a friend. Remember asking friends for recommendations 
for yes. restaurants instead well, of just I was like just thinking of doing Ask Yelp. Jeeves. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. I remember when Ask Jeeves was around. <laughs> yeah. It's like that was not that long ago where you just didn't have information at your fingertips. But now because the internet is just completely uh, commoditized information mm-hmm. and anyone can learn anything for free, essentially, uh, it has retrained the behavior of how people think about pursuing answers to questions. And whenever you yeah. start learning about something, I mean, we do the same thing. I start looking for YouTube videos. I look for guides. I look for blogs. I look for free content to learn more about whatever it is I'm trying to, to learn more about. And in that state of mind, I'm not even thinking like I need to devote dollars to this problem yet. I'm just mm-hmm. learning and consuming information so I have a better sense of the lay of the land of what I'm dealing with. And that's where content steps in because you want to put your company at the forefront of that search. So when they do pivot to wanting to make a purchase decision to get rid of a problem, they're like, well, I'm just going to go with the company that's been helping me the whole time. Like that just yep. makes sense. Like why would I put my trust in someone else when they haven't been with me this whole time? So, I mean, I know we're like totally in sync, big believers in content. Yes. Um, but I think that that's really the core of it is you want to position your company as a guide for people as they're going through a process of discovery. So that way, when they're looking for someone trustworthy to help them get over the hump yeah. and get over the hurdle, you're the answer. And in their mind, you're really the only answer. Well, and you bring up a really good point, Travis. And I'm thinking, you know, specifically about your audience. Like I, as a personal consumer behavior of mine, um, I think that I will listen to a podcast for several episodes and then maybe two or three episodes in, I've already made a decision about this person. One, I am going to live, die, repeat by every single thing that they say. I have several mentors that I have in my life that are like that. Then I also make a split decision of like, you know, I'm going to take what they say with a grain of salt and I'll probably never buy anything from them, but they have good stuff from time to time. So I'll probably keep listening to their podcast or it's kind of a mix of I listen to them. They're an industry leader, but I can't stand their voice or I don't really like what they say. Like it's all like I'm just I'm coming clean, y'all. It's happened. Yeah. So if you've had these feelings too, like it's it's totally viable. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of people come into content marketing, content strategy, and they think if I just publish one podcast episode and one person listens to it, they're gonna go and buy my twenty five thousand dollar product and they're just gonna be sold forever and ever. They're gonna sing my praises and all this is not how it works. This is not (laughs) how it works. Like I can tell you, I have waited probably a year and a half into listening to this one specific podcast. I didn't buy anything from this person. I took in everything that they had. I listened, I listened, I listened. But about that probably 14, 15 month mark of listening to everything that this entrepreneur was selling, I invested thousands of dollars. And I, to this day, am still investing thousands of dollars because I'm a ride or die fan of this individual. And I will buy nearly anything that she puts out and I will listen to her because I am that entrenched into her brand, into her messaging and the things that she has taught me has helped me. Like it has legitimately helped me. And I'm like, what else does she have? So it goes back to what we were talking about. If you can get somebody into your funnel and start building that relationship of trust, like the sky's the limit. Like you may only have a product that you have in mind right now today for that consumer. But if you can hook them in into your world, into your brand, into your message from day one, and they turn into a lifetime customer. I've seen it. I've been a personal example of it. And I'm sure people listening, if you go back and you look at, you're probably the same as well as content creators just have this deep connection with their audience. And it's beautiful. It's one of the reasons why I love it so much. Well, and something else that you touched on that I think is a big fear that people have when they're getting into content or businesses that get into content, they're like, listen, there's like 15 other businesses Mm, talking about how to start a blog or how to do affiliate marketing or how to, you know, whatever it is that you do. And they're going to be this, this fear of, well, what do I have to bring to the table? Like, I'm not going to say anything new. I'm not going to say anything they haven't heard before, but people relate and connect with businesses and people for personal reasons all the time. Like it's not... It's not necessarily that you are saying something that's never been said before, but the way you say it and 
your personality and just the way that you communicate is going to connect with some people that those other shows and those other content platforms just can't. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have yeah. people that choose to follow you just because they like you. Yeah. Even if the information yeah. you're giving them is exactly the same as they can get elsewhere. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even just going back to the story that I just told earlier about being a stay-at-home mom, like somebody probably heard that and they either have a wife that is in that place right now and they're like, oh, look, like I I know a stay-at-home mom or they've been a stay-at-home mom and they're like, oh, look, she took this opportunity to go from here to there. That's what I want to do. Or they see themselves in your journey. And like you said, it could be little small connections. You could be a marathon runner. I'm not. Let me throw that out there. (laughs) I am not a marathon runner, but kudos to the people that do that. Um, But, you know, if you have these little personal aspects of your life and you talk about it and you share about it in your content, then all of a sudden your network goes from who you thought your ideal customer was based on their demographics, maybe their income or, you know, the issues, the problems that you're trying to solve. All of a sudden it gets a little bit wider because you are able to kind of scoop up the outliers that you didn't even consider as part of your target network that you can really bring them into your sphere just by sharing your personality, your experience. And one of the things that I usually get the like people get freaked out. They're like, well, I don't want to share my personal life online. I don't want to share this. And I don't want to put my kids online. Like I get it. I totally understand. You don't have to share your social security number and your driver, like all your identity <laughs> online <Hopefully> not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for people to really make a connection with you. But you know, I just shared a story about, you know, I was in college, I was in this marketing class, like those little tiny stories that you can put into your content, help people know you so much faster. Like if we were just having a conversation over coffee, coffee, I probably would have never brought up that story. But now that you're listening to us on this podcast, like you hear that and you're like, oh, I already know these intimate details about someone's life that you probably would have never gotten otherwise. So this is the cool connections that you can make with content. And one person that I want to ask you about, and this may be an overlap of something you've already shared, is I know that uh, Amy Porterfield has been a very uh, big inspiration and mentor for you in your business life. What has been like maybe some of the main things that you've taken from her? Because she really does a great job with content marketing. You know, her podcast was really one of the first uh, successful, I'll just say, at all levels, podcast about mm-hmm. digital marketing uh, and has really been just a great pioneer for digital marketing for so many entrepreneurs. And as someone who's been able to work with her and learn from her, what have been some of your biggest takeaways from that mentorship and that relationship? Well, I mean, Travis, you called it out. I was trying not to say it was Amy Porterfield. That's who I was talking about earlier, y'all. Travis <laughs> already outer. knew it. She's but fantastic. We're, we're going to add it. Yes. Go listen to her. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she's She is incredible. But yeah, so the connection that I have with her is, one, she is a female in this space, like, you know, from... I am very much on board with lifting other women's voices up and really supporting other people in the industry that are trying to also uplift. Like she has a very strong belief in diversity and making sure that her, not only her team, but her audience is very well representative of the world. Like not just a very narrow-minded, I guess, section of who we can serve as entrepreneurs, but how we can globally like just kind of scan out just a little bit and see where are those holes of where people either aren't representative or they aren't having their voice shared online. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing that she's done in her content specifically. But I think what makes her so successful is she's not afraid to be herself in the ways that like she will totally admit. She's like, I'm a planner. Like what I do, like I love to plan. She's like, I'm type A. I will do all these things. Like I know that it's extra. I know that it's above and beyond what someone else, you know, wants to do. But she'll say, I don't know any other way. Like this is just my personality. And so she doesn't force that on other people in her teachings and what she does. She's like, this is my roadmap. Like this is my blueprint of how I've done and how I've been successful. But 
I want you to take pieces of it that work for you, that work for your content, work for your audience. And I think that it was one of the biggest gifts that I got because I'm a rule follower, Travis. Like (laughs) I am, my husband makes fun of me. I will buy something new and I'm, I'm beyond the typical like stereotype, like, oh, a woman's reading the directions. No, I'm reading them like seven times and I'm going through them and I'm like, okay, no, no, you can't do that yet because you didn't do this thing yet. And it drives him bananas. (laughs) But I am just, I'm a rule follower to my core. So if, you know, I had found Amy at the beginning of my journey and she had said, do this, this, and this explicitly, don't veer off the path, don't try to do this, like do this or it's not going to work. I probably would have listened to her and maybe even resented her when things didn't work out because we don't have the same audience. We don't have the same skill level expertise because I'm about a decade behind what she's been doing. You know, she's been in the business of doing online marketing for, I want to say she's 13, 14 years into this. And I just got started roughly five years ago when my unsuccessful blog, yeah, we know that story now, but you just have to keep going. So resilience of her journey has been something that's really inspired me to keep doing things even when they don't work out and you got to pivot and you got to move. But yeah, she's definitely somebody. Shout out, Amy. You got to go listen to Online Marketing Made Easy. Everybody, everybody listening. It's a really awesome show. Yeah, we'll definitely link it in the show notes uh, so you can go and check that out. Uh, But now I want to get into the nitty gritty, the tactics, something I know is a love language for both of us, of content marketing. And what would be, I think, a really great exercise is for us to just kind of map out if you were working with a business that was doing content for the very first time, Mm -hmm. what would be some of the first questions that you would ask? How would you discover the best strategy for that content? And we'll just kind of like play out as a case study, like a fictitious company and how we would actually create a content strategy for that company. Are there any okay. fun, fictitious companies that you can imagine that would be a fun fun way to do this exercise? Well, it's weird because I always use a real estate agent, and I don't know why. Anytime I do this, like if I'm thinking about if I were to go help a local business, I think real estate, probably just because I live in Texas and that real estate is always like something that's the top of mind. My mom used to sell real estate back in the day too, so I guess that's where the relatable factor comes in. But I think about if you were, let's say you're a real estate broker. And you're thinking, okay, I've seen people doing YouTube stuff. I've seen them doing podcast stuff. You would probably have the conversation, you know, of what's going to work for me, because this is what people will come to me and they're very adamant. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I hate this. I hate that. We all kind of know what our own, at least I hope that we're all self-aware enough to know either what we're good at or what we don't like to do. Because that, I think, is the foundation. Because if Travis said, I hate video, I don't like my picture taken, I don't like, don't put a camera in my face, then I would say, okay, but you got to do TikTok. Like, you have to do this because it's what's working right now. He'd probably turn around and walk out the door and be like, "This this is, relationship will never work. And so I think that you have to start at the very beginning What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And what are you willing to try, right? Because I think that there's this like gray area of people saying, I've never done a podcast, but I like to talk. I could interview people maybe. And if all it is is figuring out the logistics or the technical pieces, then we can work with that. Like that's that's a starting ground for what we could do together. But pretend that you're the business owner now and ask me some questions. We're just going to role play now. So I'm a real estate broker. And I have a team of 20 agents. I'm looking to expand into other markets. Uh, And and I might even have some like some digital products as well. Some like courses or things that I can sell on the internet to anyone, not just in my geographic area. Okay. And so, you know, and and I'm, I want to make content that's, you know, going to help us sell more houses because that's how my agents make commission. But ultimately I think it's, it's also about uh, attracting talent, right? If I'm a broker, I'm looking to grow my team of agents that aren't just like dabbling. They're not just like doing it every third Saturday because they want something to do. I want agents that are like full-time committed. This is their thing. This is their main focus. How can I create content to attract real estate agents that are looking for a broker that's going to really partner with them and help them be successful? The thing that I can think of first and foremost is 
who do you want to appeal to as far as your audience? Do you want it to be geographically within a certain distance? Because what I always think of when it comes to real estate is you're probably not going to sell a piece of property if you live in Florida to someone that lives in Washington State right? It doesn't really make sense. So if you don't want to attract people on a global scale, then you would need to think of your keywords, think of your topics. Like if you want to talk about, hey, this is a great place to live because our school district is awesome, or the taxes are lower in this specific place, or they're building a highway that's going to take 10 years. And this, we're going to talk about it and give you updates because it's going to affect the commercial properties as they lay them down. Like there's so many different ways that you can go about it, but you have to first lay that foundational question of, are you going to talk about the local economy, the local real estate, or are you trying to be the real estate experts of all experts with your content while also selling products, appealing to talent? And there's just a lot of different ways that you could go about it. So Travis, the real estate broker, tell me (laughs) which direction are you trying to take your content? Well, so I think the lowest hanging fruit and the most challenging version of this, which would be good for us, is... Let's lock it down to a geographic area, right? So we're just appealing to maybe real estate agents within a 100-mile radius of where I live and where I awesome. do business. So we'll, awesome. we'll call it like the Dallas-Fort Worth metropolitan area. Like that's, that's the focus, all right? Okay. And I specifically, because if, if I'm just getting started with content marketing, to be honest, I want to see an ROI relatively quickly, as quickly as mm. I can reasonably assume. So I'm not trying to create a strategy that'll pay off in five years, I would like to see results in like six to nine months if possible. So let's map out a strategy for me to market to and acquire and recruit really other real estate agents in Dallas, Fort Worth for my brokerage, even if it means pillaging them from other brokerages. How would I go about, (laughs) how would I go about doing that? Uh, in an honest and ethical, integrity-filled way, <laughs> as is the the premise of this show. Oh, I love it. I love that you threw that, like, vindictive, but not. But, like, I'm just – but I may steal people if I have to. Listen, if I'm providing a great opportunity and they see the value in working with me, like, I'm not going to stop them from doing what's best for them. Exactly. exactly. And we're honest and we're marketing in an ethical way. We're totally good about this. Okay. So this is the through line of how you want to put your content out there. You know this is the specific area you want to concentrate in. Now, I would recommend sitting down, and I'm a pen and paper kind of girl. Like, this is literally, like, I think that a lot of people get lost in the weeds of, oh, there's this software that I could use, and I could do this, and I could do that. And I'm like, or you could just get a pen and paper out and keep it super simple because that takes all the ambiguity about what do I have to do and what do I have to sign up for? Just get a pen and paper and start writing down either some of the questions or some of the topics that you get asked most often about your real estate brokerage or working with your agency or what it takes to be a top realtor in this area or what's the coolest house you've ever sold? Or what's the coolest commercial property? Like you have to throw things in there that just make things fun. And I would recommend writing down 20 ideas. Again, we don't have to, it doesn't have to be super complicated. And then from there, I would recommend looking at Is this going to be video? Is this going to be audio? Do you want to post this on social media? Do you want to talk about this on your email list? And if you're listening right now and your brain just is like, oh my gosh, that sounds really overwhelming. It doesn't have to be, okay? It absolutely doesn't have to be. I think that content strategy and content marketing, again, is best when it's kept super, super simple. So I want you to go back to the initial reaction you had earlier when I said, you could do a podcast, you could do YouTube. Like, does it make you cringe and like totally, oh, I don't want to do that? Or does it make you feel more open and free to think, I think I could do podcasts pretty easily because those are the things that I would recommend you pursuing first. And then from there, we can look at how can we make those ideas uber specific to your geographical area and really get keyword heavy on the things that are going to drive either that Google search 
or people to look at your YouTube videos, people to listen to your podcast or open your emails on a more regular basis so you're getting in front of that ideal audience. So does that answer your question, Travis, the real estate broker? Yes, it does, 100%. (laughs) And on those ideas, that fictitious list that we wrote down on a piece of paper, uh, I'm even envisioning like going, because we're locking it to a geographic area, going one step beyond just like a top-level keyword, like how to buy a home in Texas. Mm -hmm. It would be ranking HOAs by neighborhood in East Dallas. Like Mm -hmm. those kinds of ideas where if someone is, you know, looking for a home, but also if they're a real estate agent, like, oh, that's valuable information. Because I'm going to have people asking me all the time, like, what's the HOA fee? What do I get for it? Are they overbearing? Are they reasonable? And you can say, actually, well, these are my top three neighborhoods. Those are things you're concerned about. And here are the reasons why. And I just pulled that from this other person who came up with their top 15 list of East Dallas. And so that's a really valuable piece of content that has no relevance to someone living in Rhode Island. Yeah. But if you are an agent operating and working in that area, it's like, that's really valuable. And how many people are going to make that piece of content? Yeah. Very few. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also, you know, if you look at it, you know, we can talk about funnels real fast. Like if you are a real estate broker and you think you want to have digital products in the future, but you're like, I don't even know what I would talk about. I don't know what that could look like, but I know that I kind of want to put that on the back burner as an option in the future. Well, as you start to build out your content ideas, you could say, okay, what do I have to do to get my real estate license? And maybe it's a checklist that's like, hey, we're going to talk about real estate agents in this area. And you know, maybe you're even going to interview a few. And if someone were interested in joining a brokerage like yours, they probably can't come straight from real estate school with their certificate. Maybe you want experience. Maybe you want this. And maybe there's very specific criteria that you want people to have before they join your firm. Write it down, like create a PDF that just says, these are the top 10 qualities that we look for in our brokers or our real estate agents because A, B, and C. Slap it up like on a PDF, put it on your website, and then have that as something that you can grow your email list while you're creating your content. And I mean, Travis, stop me at any point if you're just like, Crystal, this is too much. But I could literally just keep going down the rabbit hole of how powerful and how intentional that everything really can build on top of each other. If you have that foundation of content strategy, of the content marketing, and how it all plays a role in your business without being the entirety of your business. Because I think that's what people get scared of is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to be on YouTube seven days a week if I start content creation. (laughs) And that sounds so overwhelming. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't. You don't have to be all in on everything. Well, and and you just hit on something else, which is the other other side of the coin of content marketing is you want to qualify your Mm -hmm. traffic. You want to qualify your leads, right? Not not all leads, not all prospects are created equal. And so if you as if I, as a real estate broker, I'm looking for experienced agents that kind of know what they're doing. I don't have to teach them like, here's how you show a house. Here's how you look up listings. Here's how you get clients. Then I want the content to appeal to those kinds of people, but also create pathways for people to kind of grow into those things. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's where having a, how to get started in real estate piece of content can make sense. Even if that's not the initial strategy, because you're creating another input for people to discover you to develop that long-term relationship with you. And you can do that in tandem with, uh, you know, content that's going to be more uh, specifically relevant at the time you're doing it. But now you're creating the uh, opportunity for people to grow into relationship with you. And then your company becomes like an aspirational end goal in their journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm starting as an agent and this company is helping me do that. And while I don't yet qualify to be an agent for them, that's something I want to do. That's yes. that's actually a goal I have in my career is to work for X company. What do you think about like SpaceX, Apple, you know, Tesla, like the companies that have that aspirational identity? If you can create that simply by creating demand mm-hmm. and uh, you know obstacles and things that need to people need to do in order to have an application that's worthy of consideration, that makes you automatically a more valuable place or a more valuable business than someone who's just going to do business with anyone who will write them a check. 
Right. And I think it's also a way for you to kind of infiltrate your company culture within your content in a way that if somebody's listening, like let's let's pretend, you know, Travis, the real estate broker, is hiring now. He's like, oh my gosh, like, which it's probably not a great time for real estate. So maybe this is a bad example, but we're going to pretend we're living in a fictitious space anyway. So the we're going to pretend. The Fed has changed course. Yes. Interest rates are 3% again. All right, <laughs> yes, continue. Yes, yes. So, like, real estate is hot and he needs lots of help. And he's like, oh my gosh, I really want to find talent. And at this point, he's been doing his podcast. Let's say Travis decided he's going to do a podcast. He's been doing it for six to 12 months. And then all of a sudden he gets a resume on his desk or someone reaches out on LinkedIn. And I was like, Hey, Travis, I actually live in the area and I found your podcast because you were talking about X, Y, and Z topic. And I just found it to be so fascinating. I actually totally agree that you should only invest in properties when you have this amount of money in the bank. I don't know. I'm totally just making this up, but you have this identifying common ground that you can say, we agree on this. This is a starting point to our conversation. And it actually opens up the door for you to have a much easier first conversation than if this was a person off the street that didn't know who you were, they didn't know anything about your company, and you had no idea what kind of intention they had on the back end. But if you know they're listening to podcasts, they probably want to have some form of continuing education. They're trying to better themselves as a talent that you would want to come work for your company. But they've also been learning about your culture just by way of listening to a podcast. So I think that that's another awesome thing that you can do as a business owner with your content marketing. It's not just about necessarily you getting leads and you like, there's so many really cool things that happen that you don't even intentionally plan to happen. When you start putting content out there, you could even be known like in your local area. It's like, oh yeah, you know, Travis, he's the real estate broker guy. Like he's a great podcast. Like he was at chamber, uh, the chamber of commerce and he was passing out business cards and he got a bunch of lists. Like, how is that guy doing it? This is another cool thing that happens. You'll have other people coming into your sphere saying, how are you doing this? What are you doing to make this happen? And those conversations can just expand your network that much more than you ever thought possible. So that's another really cool thing about it. Content really is the gift that keeps on giving. It is in so many ways, <laughs> so many ways. All right. So we've, we've identified the kind of content we want to create. Now let's talk platforms, you know, and certainly yes. a filter that is important is Will you actually enjoy it? Because if you don't enjoy it, yeah. you won't stick with it long enough to get the results you're looking for. It's just matter of fact. Yes. Uh, like with podcasts, most podcasts don't reach it past seven to 10 episodes because mm -hmm. you're like, wow, this is a lot of work. I have to listen to myself talk. Uh, maybe maybe this isn't what I want to do. And you just kind of stop and fall off. So that is an important filter. But let's kind of walk through the big ones. So that'd be video content, audio content, content and written content. And they all have their various platforms that you post on, but what are kind of the, the benefits and then some costs to count for each of them? So with video, it could be, you know, there's a lot of platforms that love video, social media, mm -hmm. YouTube come to mind, but it might have a higher startup cost than yeah. audio or written content. So let's just kind of like walk through those starting with video and lay out some like benefits to doing video content and some things to be aware of before you get started. Yeah, I want to throw this out there because your audience is slightly different than my typical audience. So my typical audience is usually like uh, a DIY entrepreneur and somebody that is like, I'm literally just going to use my smartphone for all the things until I can get going, which maybe your listeners could take that approach as well. But they're looking at, no, actually, I want to invest in this. Like if we're, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in. So I think it all goes back to, again, what Travis was saying what do you want to do? What do you feel comfortable doing? And where do you kind of see like, I think I could, I think I could try this. I think that I might like it if I do it. Cause we know there's some TikTokers out in this crowd right now. Like they're, <laughs> they're not going to admit it to their friends and family, but they want to start doing some of that stuff. So for podcasting, if that's the route that you want to go, I think that it's one of those things that you don't have to make a big investment up front if, here's the big asterisk, right? If you're doing audio only. 
And if you're scared of video, I highly recommend doing podcasts because it actually lets you be free in your sweatpants and a messy bun. Okay, this is what I do most often. It's real talk. People people don't see me and they think that I am in this beautiful studio, y'all. I'm in sweatpants, messy bun, 90% of the time when I'm recording podcasts. And it's what I love about the medium. So it's so incredible. I got started with a very basic microphone that I think today you can actually get really good, high quality stuff for less than a hundred dollar investment still. So I think that that's a beautiful thing about podcasting. Another thing is I want your audience to consider is, are you going to do this on the go? Because maybe you have a business where it requires you to travel or you're networking a lot, you're going to conferences. Podcasting, again, is another great one to consider if you're thinking about doing interviews on the go or not having to take a bunch of equipment with you or have a very simple setup. That's another awesome plus for podcasting. For video, I do think that you need a good camera. You can get started with your phone. I think that's awesome. But if you know that content marketing and content strategy, all the things is something that you really want to do with video, you need to invest in a really good camera. I'm not going to give like my suggestions just simply because like it could change a thousand times. But I do think that looking at what's out there and finding some people go find some content marketing people that talk about this kind of stuff because they're out there. Go find some YouTubers. Look at some video equipment that you can do for very cheap because one of the things that I love about video is you can actually do a lot with video content, having a long form piece, trimming it down into smaller clips for social and then sharing it in other various ways. And it's actually easy to take something that was once a YouTube video and turn it into a podcast. I know we're not talking about repurposing. I don't want to get off in a lot of different ways, but I have to mention it because it's something I get asked about a lot. And then blogs. Blogs are the cheapest way to go. Let's just be really honest. If you have a website, you can easily add a blog to it. And I think that that's where a lot of people think that, well, blogging is dead. Blogging isn't going to work for me. Well, actually, if you find yourself answering the same questions over and over and over again about your business, about your market, about your clientele, about your products, then creating a simple blog post that you could turn into a podcast episode, that you could eventually turn into a YouTube video. Like it can all work in tandem together, but you just have to decide what's gonna be that first platform that I tackle. Because one thing I don't recommend is you turn this podcast off. You know, you're done listening to Travis and I, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna start a podcast and a blog and a YouTube channel, and I'm gonna post on Instagram seven times a day. And I'm gonna, like, it's way too much. I highly recommend deciding on the one platform that you wanna get started with, do it for three to four months, and then decide, is this still going the direction I thought it would? Or do I want to pivot my odd? Do I want to shift something? Because I think the hardest part is just getting started. Just making that decision to turn on the microphone, to press record on the video, or just to sit down and start writing something. And you just have to get into action or find someone like Travis that can help you really sort out those different pieces of it that can just make a really big impact on your business. So that was a long-winded answer. I hope that that helps, but... <laughs> no, lots of great nuggets. And and I'll even add on top of that for each of these, uh, just some like really, some, some things that I've noticed that make a big difference for businesses that want to do content. For mm-hmm. blog writing, the easiest way to get started is just find somebody in your company that loves to write. They don't yes. have to be a technical writer. They don't have to have a ton of industry knowledge. They just love writing. And then there are websites and services like Phrase and ClearScope where you can actually type in, here's the keyword that we want our blog post to show up for. And it will look at all the other blogs that have been written, all the other articles and say, here are the subheadings and here are the main topics and here are the things that show up most often in those articles. And you can actually start with a prompt of when you're writing this article, here are all the things you want to hit in order for it to be optimized for search engines. So those tools exist and that can be a great place to start. If you're like, we want to do content, We want to do it with our existing team and with like a very minimal investment. Like it's a very easy way to get started. 
and actually over time start to gain some traction. SEO in general takes some time to gain traction because everyone does SEO now. It's like the game in town. Uh, but that is a very easy way to do it. With podcasting with YouTube, it really helps to have outside expertise come yes. in when you're starting. Uh, the temptation is, oh, well, we're going to throw it over to the college grad, the intern. He's going to do our <laughs> podcast. He's going to run our YouTube channel. Uh, but each of those platforms really benefit from expertise because it's very easy to get lost in the sea of others mm -hmm. um, and, and to invest in something that doesn't strategically align with what you're wanting it to do. And because especially for podcasting, quality is such a big filter for people. Like if your artwork doesn't look professionally designed, if it's pretty obvious that someone's editing it that doesn't hasn't edited before and there's a lot of mistakes and it's long winded and it's not like really helping it, and you're not creating it for a specific person. It's very clear and it's gonna be very difficult to gain traction mm -hmm. on those platforms unless you have somebody coming in who can give you that ex expertise and say, here's who we're writing this for or here's who we're recording this for. Here are our episode topics. Okay, here's how you need to interview. Here's your branding and really have somebody come in to partner with you, especially as you're getting started. Now, you may bring that on as a full-time person later on as it starts to gain traction and momentum. But yeah. early on, I highly recommend working with an outside agency that has that specific expertise in the same way that if you you know have an e-commerce business and you're wanting to scale it and you're wanting to grow it, it's like, well, you should probably find a digital marketing agency that specializes in e-commerce businesses because they can get you over the hump and get you to the place where you can justify that as a salary expenses, like fixed cost overhead. Uh, and then same thing with YouTube. Uh, there are a lot of YouTube channels, like a lot, a lot. And <laughs> there, there's more to recording a video and making it great than just like plopping up a camera. And so if you really want it to be great, I would work with somebody who specializes in YouTube content. If it's video podcasting, that's great. Uh, if it's YouTube specifically, that's great too. But someone who's like, yeah, I know how to make a great thumbnail. I know how to do research for YouTube. And I know how long this video should be and the things we should talk about. And here's how we're going to use chapter markers and we're going to tag it. And like, these are all expertises that you can learn over time. But if you just want to get started and get traction really quickly, I highly recommend, especially for podcasting and YouTube, to look for experts outside of your company to come and help you get started. A hundred percent. And I think it's really interesting too, because I think of it almost like uh, you have a consultant, right? Because we people hire consultants all the time for all kinds of array of reasons, you know, even if it's just operationally, we need to get tighter, we need to get leaner and meaner, you know, do all these things. I think of, you know, what you were just saying about with content, like a content consultancy, which is exactly what Travis does really well, is like having that foundation of doing it right. Because at the end of the day, what you don't want to do is look up 12 months from now and you're like, oh, did you know that you've been linking to this one thing in every single podcast or in every single YouTube video, but it's not right, or it was the wrong domain, or you had the wrong, like, there's all these little things that can be overlooked very easily when you don't have that knowledge and expertise or know-how that someone who has been doing it a lot longer can just speed up that process so much faster. And having to not go through some of those growing pains that can set you back. I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, in the content creation space, things change. Things change really fast. That's like, like Travis was talking about at the beginning is like, we've known each other for close to five years now, but it feels like 25 years in the content space. Like, let's be real. So much has happened. So many things have changed in just the last two years that you don't want to fall behind in watching a YouTube video that someone created 10 years ago and saying, oh, they told me how to, how to start a podcast. I'm going to follow. It doesn't hold up. Like it just, unfortunately it doesn't. There are marketing and principles that won't change over time. But when it comes to content, you have to know what the most recent thing is because otherwise you could be doing something that's just not even relevant anymore. A hundred percent. So hopefully fictitious real estate broker. Now you have <laughs> some, some things to be mindful of and some, some next steps, right? Yes. Creating that list of topics, identifying the mediums and the platforms that you would enjoy creating for 
or finding someone on your team that enjoys those things. And then now kind of knowing, okay, depending on which medium I want to push into first, here's what my next step should be in order to get mm-hmm. that ball rolling. Now, Crystal, where can, where can we find out more about you? Where can we hear more from you, learn more from you? Tell us all the links, all the places where people should go to learn from you and all the content strategy awesomeness that you have. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me today, Travis. This is Travis, the real estate broker and Travis, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast host. Um, you can go to crystalprofit.com. It's crystal with a K. Profit has two F's, two T's. Yes, that is actually my last name. It's the question I get asked all the time. <laughs> it's but, not just a stage name. Yes, it's you know? not my stage name. Yes. Even though I put on this big presence. No, that is actually my last name. But um, yeah, you go to crystalprofit.com. And if you go all the way down, on my website, you'll see a place to join my email list. That's actually the best place to get updates on my podcast, my YouTube channel, the different things that are going on. Because like I said, things are changing in the space. I mean, just to, you know, Travis's point, you're talking about these different uh, tools and resources that can help you. AI is coming on to the scene in content. And I think that it's so fascinating. Canva just released this super cool release that was about a product upgrade that they're incorporating AI into what they're doing to help you write better content and come up with better posts. So it's coming. Like we are in the era, which sounds so weird. To, it sounds like where there's flying cars right now. But you know, it's like we're in the era of relying on tools that are smarter than us to do really fun things and make it easier. That way you can focus on, and this is back to your point earlier, how can you stand out? What can I do to stand out in the sea of the internet and all the other people that are doing things that are similar to your business? You have to be you and you have to infuse your personality. If you're a marathon runner, talk about that. If you are someone that enjoys cooking and grilling on the weekends, talk about that. Like infuse your personality into your business and into your content in a way that does help you stand out from all the other people that are doing the same thing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Crystal, for your time and your expertise. It's been a blast as always. Thank you, Travis. This was so much fun. So my number one takeaway from just that incredible conversation and case study that I did with Crystal regarding content marketing strategy is to use yourself as a filter for deciding what kind of content strategy to pursue. Because if you or the person that's on your team that's going to be doing it ultimately doesn't like being on camera, they don't listen like listening to themselves speak, they don't feel like they're strong at holding conversations or writing, you really want to tailor your strategy to the medium that best complements what you already do exceptionally well. Because at the end of the day, all of these different strategies work, right? Social media works, YouTube works, podcasting works, blog work, they all work. And so it's not about necessarily choosing the one that has the biggest upside. That's the most important factor. It's which one are you actually going to enjoy for a long time so that you can stick with it long enough to see the results that you're looking for. Now, Definitely go and check out Crystal's website, crystalprofit.com, two Fs, two Ts, starts with a K. We'll leave that link in the description below. And she has a fantastic podcast, fantastic YouTube channel, and we'll link to those as well so you can learn more from her and what she does and how she coaches her students in the world of content strategy. Well, I hope you found this illuminating and helpful. And as always, be honest. (laughs) 